0: In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Relationship is at the heart of our readings from Holy Scripture today. In Hebrews, we heard Chris read, excuse me, Carol read, Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors. We hear the preacher in Hebrews marveling at God's handiwork at our beginning, at the beginning of where Jesus comes into creation, this genesis of relationship to God and the heavenly hosts. Quoting or rehashing Psalm 8, that we spoke responsibly. What is man that you should be mindful of him? the Son of Man, that you should seek him out. You have made him but little lower than the angels. You adorn him with glory and honor. And then we hear in Genesis, we hear of God creating humans from the ground along with animals. And as the tale was told, God said, it is not good that the human should be alone a companion was needed. Such rich fodder to wander and wonder, and yet there is something that precludes a deep exploration of Hebrews or Genesis this morning. And friends, that is the business of marriage. The messiness of marriage. And what we do in divorce, when the bonds of relationship are broken or connections were never made, while I yearn to preach on Hebrews, I cannot ignore the gospel. Remember, gospel means good news and maybe today's gospel didn't feel or hear sound like good news to you. So I want you to take a minute, whether you're at home or here in church, think of one word upon your heart when divorce is mentioned. For me, that word is earthquake. An earthquake rumbles, touching all of our senses. And divorce does something similar, traveling far and deep from the epicenter. Some effects of divorce are lasting. Sometimes there is new growth that comes in the healing. Some structures are condemned to resentment and demolition. In full disclosure, I do not enter into the topic of divorce unbiased. I have talked about this before in that my dad divorced my mom when I was in eighth grade. Maybe there is an eighth grader or two out here. My sisters were in third grade. It was bitter and protracted. Money was involved and it was deeply disputed. Infidelity was at play, anger, resentment, dirty secrets swirled about. As such, I see divorce through a specific lens of disruption in my own foundation of relational living. Here's another person's lens. In a conversation I had last week, a person's family dynamics came up. I was the listener. The person said something along these lines, all of the tension and headaches right now would not be happening if people had just not gotten divorced. That started all of the problems in my family divorce. You know what I tell people? Just don't get divorced. In that chessboard of relationships, this person faces parents who are remarried and now aging, step families, favoritism, insecurity, mental illness, instability, isolation, and fragile relationships across the board. Here's another lens. In seminary, I saw painstaking lines of dismay on a dear friend's face while we were in chapel one day. This scripture from Mark was appointed. You see, my friend was divorced and remarried. And as he sat in the chapel, as he heard Jesus' words that in marrying another, he was committing adultery against his first wife. And a current in-law would bring up this scripture to him at family gatherings, fiercely judging him with Jesus' words that he was an adulterer. That gospel didn't feel like very good news. And maybe you feel ill at ease right now too. Is anyone squirming? I feel like I'm quaking a little bit like the earthquake. It is uncomfortable and it is complicated. We each bring our own lens and experience. And today, Jesus is holding up for us our humanity. We get to face our humanity. And, friends, on this rainy day, we get to venture into the marshland. It's not a simple fix, and there's not a neat interpretation of this gospel. Aren't you glad you didn't have to preach today, Becky? Because, friends, there is too much pain and too many layers to speak simplistically. We may just need to slow down and wade through it. Not looking for conclusions, but maybe just getting in it a little bit. So let's start with what we know. Jesus is being tested by the Pharisees. Yet again, they're holding up a question for Jesus, trying to push him into a corner. Today, their question is, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And Jesus responds to those who are deeply tied to the Torah, to the law, and says, well, what did Moses command you? And they volley back. Well, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. This was a pared down, a a paraphrase from Deuteronomy 24, which starts, Suppose a man enters into marriage with a woman, but she does not please him, because he finds something objectionable about her. And so he writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house. In listening to this scripture from Deuteronomy, the man has an objectionable offense against his wife. He can dismiss her. It doesn't have to be protracted. It's just over. That word objectionable in Hebrew is actually translated nakedness. Or maybe we could hear it as vulnerability, if there is a vulnerability that's a deal breaker, a certificate of divorce can be issued and handed to the woman cutting her loose. Here's what Jesus says in the public forum with the crowd listening. In essence, Jesus says in response to that paraphrase from Deuteronomy, Broken relationships yield more brokenness. Because of separation from God, which is that hard-heartedness that we hear written about, that Jesus says, because of hard-heartedness, human legislation was built to work around, to get extricated from social and economic bonds that were created in the vows of marriage. Those those marriages were oftentimes uh, for social climbing or financial stability. And so in this workaround, the mitigations of others in the community could be mitigated. Jesus responds, highlighting the divine design we hear about in Genesis, in which We are made for companionship and connection. We are made for companionship and connection ever since the time of creation. Think about a a child in utero, tethered through an umbilical cord, receiving sustenance from the birth mother. We need one another, and as we mature, we find other connections and bonds to nurture us, to challenge us, to help us to grow whether they're from someone we marry or people in our community, we are connected with one another. Even those who are called to a life of celibacy find camaraderie and reassurance in community. So Jesus ends with the Pharisees in this manner. He says, therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. But friends we're not finished that's not it behind closed doors the disciples say can you talk a little bit more about this please jesus and jesus goes on and becomes more pointed in his language jesus says whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her note he says adultery against her it's not insulting her dad it's not insulting her family or her hometown He's insulting her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Mark, who is known for his word economy and the Gospels, includes a detail that is not included in the parallel from Matthew. We actually hear parity between men and women in Jesus' words here. He talks about both the man's actions and the woman's actions in initiating divorce. (laughs) Both are possible offenders and both are in peril of committing adultery. And regardless of who's doing it, Jesus intimates that diverse, divorce, excuse me, divorce for the purpose of honoring and marrying someone else, is frowned upon. And he leaves unsaid this part that the initial spouse who is cast aside, so that the divorcer may satisfy other romantic desires or cultural status. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't talk about the person left behind. He talks about the person who is making the choice to leave. So in our contemporary context, marriage is a little different. It's less these days, it's less often entered into for economic stability or family alliance or social cachet. There are plenty of people who are socially engaged and respected whether they are single, divorced, widowed. And there are instances when divorce brings us stability, satisfaction, freedom in different and unexpected ways. Sometimes the brokenness of a relationship is just gone too far within ourselves and between one another. While necessary, sometimes that separation is deeply painful to the adults and to the children, which brings us to the close of today's gospel. Let the little children come to me, do not stop them, for it is such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Those children hold up for us vulnerability. In vulnerability and weakness, we are greeted with God's blessing. We will not be cast off. Jesus tells his friends to step aside and let them come. He promises that he will advocate for us as we yearn for connection to move through the boundaries and obstructions that keep us from approaching the Savior. Friends, God is here with us to take us in those loving arms of redemption, love, and blessing, to lay hands upon us for healing and reconciliation and hope. We need only to look at Jesus from his death and earthly grave to the miracle of resurrection and ascension into the heavenly realm. Friends, life is messy and divorce is painful. This sermon is grasping for the good news of God, not resolving the heaviness associated with separation and complications that come with the bonds of marriage. So here's what I do know. Our merciful God is here to bless us, to bless us all as children in the story of people learning faithfulness each day in God's kingdom. My prayer for you and for me and for all hearing this message is that the Holy Spirit will inspire us daily to face boldly and honestly our humanity, our relationships that are disappointing and in need of healing so that with God's help, we may seek forgiveness. We may seek to forgive because in this wrestling and reflecting through the mire of this gospel, my prayer is that we may walk upright as God's people, unafraid, and renewed through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.